with Praying Mantis. And joining me on the phone right now is Ridian Thomas. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. You? Thank you very much. Uh, I'm I'm well, thank you. And you? Yeah, good. Doing all right. Uh, so, Ridian Thomas, uh, for the listeners who are probably unaware, uh, you have written a book that was released uh, in June, I believe? Uh, yes, first uh, of June, the first day of winter and International Dairy Day. Oh, International Dairy Day. Was that uh, a fiendishly that clever that. marketing yeah. plan? Oh, happy accident, I think, in the end. Right. Uh, wonderful. So the book Milk Island is a dystopic. Uh, news, it's almost like New Zealand uh, turned up to eleven in <laughs> terms of its uh, like taken to it to the ridiculous conclusion. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's about right. Um, so it's a it's set in in twenty twenty three in New Zealand, uh, and there are. One of the things that I uh, really enjoyed about your book is the way that you've uh, intertwined four uh, stories uh, through the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering, is that a, a nifty narrative trick that you were trying to do, or is that um, how you captured the feeling of New Zealand? Um, I guess, yeah, it is, it's, it's a bit of both, really. Um because the sections are all written in kind of different voices, some of them in kind of dispassionate third-person, kind of faraway view, and some of them quite intimate and written in that first-person style. So I wanted to get the sense of different people's perspectives and have them be, I guess, like causally related to each other, but um, have that distinctness in voice so that I could kind of, you know, get someone's whole story out in one go and then on to the next one and have them be related while not, I guess, written in exactly the same style so separating into like four chunks rather than kind of running chapter to chapter from different parts of it just uh, I don't know it gives you that chance to fully explore voice a bit more yeah, yeah it's um, did you write four stories and then intertwine them or did you write it as it comes across in the book as uh, start at page one and end at um, you know, I wrote, like, I think I wrote the second chunk first, and then I rewrote several of the others. So, I did, yeah, I didn't go kind of um, beginning to end in, in the normal way, but, uh, I mean, they were, like, kind of, yeah, it does have, you know, a beginning, a middle, and an end, despite it being four chunks, and I kind of, you know, I knew where each one was going before I put pen to paper on it. It was quite a meticulous planned kind of um, structure so uh, yeah went went pretty much beginning to end and then that's uh, that's amazing because you've not only uh, not only is it really effective in uh, maintaining well showing more sides of the story but it's also uh, like I say it kind of it feels like New Zealand in that (laughs) each of these people aren't necessarily uh, directly related, but they know someone who knows someone. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, small village, eh? Yeah, like a, a sort of a, a six degrees of separation, but um, and yeah, and I guess because it's it's about I guess that kind of uh, that world of political kind of uh, the political world and the the media um, and kind of lobbying and that sort of thing and those kinds of industries on the. Uh, the Beltway or whatever, 
there, there really is like maybe one degree of separation, two degrees of separation, like all those people know each other. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense in that way. Yeah, and it's, uh, I also found uh, the way you uh, examine sort of uh, media culture and uh, the way that the characters renegotiate wages uh, on the fly and uh, the contract is a kind of only looking out uh, for themselves yeah I think that's fair to say yeah <laughs> um, yeah it's it's really uh, really wonderful and you're coming down to Dunedin for uh, the young uh, writers festival um, so you're going to do I understand that you're doing a reading from the book as part of that yeah, so I think I'm doing a uh, yeah, kind of a, an hour-long session uh, with Joe Hyam, I think, who's a uh, yep. sort of critic down there. Um, so, yeah, I guess he'll be asking me some questions. I'll do some readings from it, and um, yeah, then the uh, the fan fiction thing. I think on on maybe Sunday night, I'll read some fan fiction of something. Right. Uh, yeah, that sounds. Uh, I spoke with uh, Thomas Sainsbury, who's uh, taking the the fan fiction on Sunday uh, which is uh, cool. uh, yeah he, he is certainly a creative and intelligent guy and uh, it looks like it's going to be a bloody good weekend uh, all things considered yeah I'm looking forward to it I think it's, it's my first uh, ever literary festival to be honest I've never done one before I've never been to one so um, yeah see if I can fake it and pull it off <laughs> yeah you've you've made it now um I wonder what sort of research did you do uh, for Milk Island? Did you live in a dystopian future, or did you do a lot of research in... Uh, because I was I was really shocked, uh, or confronted perhaps is a better word, by uh, your representation of prison and also the South Island. Yeah. Um, I mean, research is... It's, like, I did some kind of academic stuff by looking into... I know I've always had an interest in private prisons and, you know, so particularly around the construction of uh, Wirri, you know, the South Auckland uh, yep. correctional facility, the newest big one. So I, I definitely read a lot about that and um, with daring as well, you know, I did a lot of research into daring. Um, but for me as well, it's just like living in this world in Wellington a little bit, um, having worked at Parliament before, um, you know, and having that that kind of experience of that world um, and just living that you kind of end up squirreling stuff away and coming back to it in fiction um, the worst parts I guess mm. um, and you know I guess the, the kind of culture of Wellington and activism and the way that world intersects with the kind of media environment I guess that's again just part of like living in Wellington and being around these cliques and and punk and hardcore and, and activism and stuff later in life so uh yeah i guess it was, it was part sort of theoretical stuff and part just my lived experience as a as a wellington douche you know yeah i was um well not to agree and call you a wellington douche <laughs> but i was surprised at how many um because also myself obviously working in the media uh and in similar type spheres it was interesting how uh I could think of people that, or I was putting people that I know faces <laughs> on your characters. 
Maybe don't tell them that, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's not. I, I'm. I'm just telling you. This is just between you and me, really, and it's. Okay, it's not no. going anywhere else. Um, no, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Um, why did you call it an unhelpful first novel? It's one um, of the I things guess. that I I found most interesting as I unwrapped it. <laughs> um, I propose no solutions whatsoever. I'm just kind of content to point at the wound rather than offer a bandage, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess it's unhelpful in the sense that I don't propose anything. It's just kind of scorched earth um, and whatever happens afterwards, it's not my responsibility. Fair <laughs> enough. So we're responsible for I'm going to say it out loud. <laughs> my God. Uh, yeah, I was... It's satire. I don't, I don't have an obligation to provide, um, provide hope or like try and remedy anything afterwards. It's just say what needs to be said that's the way I see it anyway I don't think the artist has any duty to improve anything necessarily yeah I was uh, I was really surprised at how uh, raw the book is because it is at times laugh out loud funny at the same time as being or at the same time as you're laughing you you sort of realize what it is like am I laughing at the irony or uh, the the ridiculousness, and also I I kind of want to cry. <laughs> oh, that's great! I'm happy about that. It's yeah, I don't know. It's kind of the way you laugh, like you know, you laugh awkwardly in in conversation or something when something's just gone badly, I guess, <laughs> um, in a in a social setting or something, and you yeah laugh kind of to ease the tension, something like that maybe. Yeah, it was it was kind of. Um, yeah, I was I was surprised at how there was genuine amusement as well as awful. Oh, should I? I don't think I should be finding that funny. And also, is oh yeah. Uh, so in conclusion, yeah, I, think, I think it's yeah, it's, it's supposed to be ugly. You know, I mean, I, yeah, there's no point putting flowers on stuff anymore. I don't think. Um, so yeah, I wanted it to be raw, and I wanted people to feel uncomfortable when they read it. Maybe to feel a bit second parts and then just angry out of the parts um, but yeah you, I think you have to have a little bit of levity in there and I think that's one of the ways of dealing with feelings of absurdity in contemporary society we laugh, it's not always a good thing but um, it does help us to cope I think yeah uh, I think that's uh, very accurate um, Thank you very much for your time this morning, Ridian, uh, and also for your uh, book. I really uh, am, I don't want to gush in public, but uh, great work. <laughs> no, great work. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and um, thanks for reading it. I still can't believe people have read it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can, I can appreciate that, but it's uh, bloody good work. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Thanks, man. Uh, hope to meet you over the weekend. Sounds great. You have a good morning. Thanks, man, and you. Uh, that was Ridian Thomas, who is coming to Dunedin as part of uh, the Young Writers Fest for this weekend. He is reading from his book Milk Island on Saturday and also taking part on the fan fiction with Thomas Sainsbury on the Sunday. Full details for that can be found uh, online at youngwritersfest.nz. You're listening to Radio 191 FM. It is nine minutes away from nine o'clock.